Welcome to this week nine edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. By the way, I lied last week. Last week was our 60th podcast, so we missed the anniversary. <laughs> this is our 61st, by the way. I did a recount. Was that a case of you copied over the notes from last week and didn't change the number? Yes, that was part of it. Also, part of it was there were significant technical difficulties this last week. And as going through it, I did a manual count of all the files. Speaking of which, before we get started on the new week, I wish to apologize for how late last week's podcast came out. Part of that was a little slowness on Rebecca and I's end. Uh, most of it was the one day where I couldn't figure out why the podcast would not upload properly. I'm still not sure it. I understand it, but after I messed around with 20 different things, it suddenly worked. That's what you get when people that don't understand computers run podcasts. To be fair, I know quite a few people who understand computers and they don't know how things work either. I'm not sure, but I think it was with something called FeedBurner. FeedBurner. Which when I read an article, it said you should not use FeedBurner because Google was looking to discontinue it at any time. Then I looked at the article closer and it was written in 2013. So you might, you might be okay. But, but anyway. It happen at any time. Yes, it could. And then I'm in real trouble. <laughs> Speaking of which, the gentleman in trouble is Bruce Modin, your host. <laughs> yeah, we should do that, huh? Broadcasting from my studio in the heart of Minster, Ohio, home of the six and three Minster Wildcats. Also checking in from the greater Cincinnati area. Home of the still number one number, blah, blah, blah. home of the still number 21 ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. We have our co host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. We love an off week where no one else does anything drastic. So we keep that rank nice and solid. There was a, a few interesting th things this week. I don't know if you saw it, Rebecca, but the. If you're talking about the Tennessee Alabama game, I did see it. I was standing outside in downtown Cincinnati waiting to get into a ramen restaurant, and there was a TV in the corner bar next door that I watched. It was one of the better college football games I have seen in many a year. It was pretty fun to watch from a street outside a building. <laughs> we were there for most of the fourth quarter, so I got all of the excitement. Oh, I guess so. I heard the fans got excited after the game as well. The fun to was, the point of um, tearing down the goalposts and carrying them out of the stadium. I had seen a tweet earlier in the week with someone claiming that Tennessee was already ordering new goalposts goal the week before in preparation for this. The tweet showed a picture of people welding <laughs> a new goalpost. Whether it was fake or real, I do not know. <laughs> that I mean, I... It'd be cool if it were real, but I don't know as a university if I would gamble on, they had to have been, if they ordered it, they had to have been planning to replace them for other reasons already. Well, more importantly, that the word of that reached the bulletin board at Alabama, I know, before the game. So it seems like it might not have been a good idea if Tennessee put it out. Yeah. But I did appreciate seeing the updates after the game, showing the goalposts making their way across the stadium and up the stands, trying to find out how to get them out of that stadium. <laughs> oh my goodness okay now i mean i'd call that a score of the week scores of the week okay do you remember what the score was because i um <laughs> 5249 it's something like that yeah they were tied at 49 for a while and then uh, alabama failed a field goal kick and tennessee succeeded 
my prediction at halftime that Tennessee needed 40 points to win was a little bit off. (laughs) 40 points total or 40 points more? 40 points total. (laughs) Ah, yes, just a little bit. Just a little bit off. By the way, we're going to have a a little different thing this week. This being the last week of the regular season, we are going to preview each team still alive for the playoffs. We are going to mention how big of a favorite or underdog they are in their game this week. And we are going to try to tell you where they may end up, whether they win or lose. And for that reason, and for some other reasons I don't really care to get into at this time, we are actually going to have two podcasts this week. Oh, we're filming. Oh, okay. I thought we were just going to record one day and then wait a day, and then record the rest, and then edit it together. We're doing two separate editions? Two separate editions. I was afraid this one would get too long. It probably will if you want to talk through all of that. And it might help me when I'm trying to figure out those technical difficulties if they arise again this week to have a shorter podcast to be working with. (laughs) Maybe. But if our goal is to keep it quick, we should get moving, right, Rebecca? We should, yeah. This week... We will put on this half of the podcast our scores of the week. I have two of them this week. I put real effort in, Rebecca. I'm so proud of you. The first one is from your neck of the woods. Deer Park, 38, Indian Hill, 37. The Deer Park High School is a handful of blocks from my house. Yes, I know. And this one kind of caught my eye, not only for that reason, but also this is the first time in over 20 years that Deer Park has defeated Indian Hill. Wow. So Have they played each other that whole time? Yes, they have. Hmm. I imagine they're happy in Deer Park this week, don't you? Yeah, I would hope so. Our other score of the week is a game I actually watched at approximately, oh, two in the morning on Friday night or Saturday morning, however you wish to call sure. it. And I'll start with the a little bit of the play-by-play here. As I'm watching, Archbold was playing Wasion. Wasion blocked an Archbold punt, which led to them kicking a field goal for an early three-to-nothing lead. Wasion was then going in for a touchdown, fumbled at the one-yard line as the runner was getting ready to cross the goal line. Oh, no. But it did lead to a little later, Archbold snapped the ball over the punter's head through the end zone to give Wasion a safety to make the score five to nothing. Oh, boy. Wasion then, after a safety, of course, you have to punt the ball to the other team. So when Wasion received it, their returner, ran the ball all the way back for a touchdown to go up 12 to nothing. So I'm thinking this is a game with lots of strange scores and strange happenings. Yeah, I'd say so. And then Archbold scored the next 20 points and won 20 to 12. (laughs) Kind of took the fun out of it. (laughs) Unless you're from Archbold, then it kind of put the fun into it, right? Yeah, it sounds like the first part wasn't all that great for Archbold. (laughs) But it was a fun game to watch, and the announcers on WOSN treated every play like it was the end of the Tennessee-Alabama game. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> As I mentioned before, we are doing Divisions 2 through 5 in this first podcast. So we shall start with Division 2, Region 8. I'll start with Piqua. They are number 6. They are a 29-point favorite over 4-4 four and four Riverside Stebbins this week. If they win, 
they'll probably only stay at number six. No big gain for winning that. And if that happens, there's a good chance they will host Riverside Stebbins again in the first round of the playoffs <laughs> next week. Oh, boy. At number seven, Troy. They're not quite as heavily favored, only 22 points over three and six <laughs> Vandalia Butler. Once again, if they win, it'll probably keep Troy at number seven. They may possibly host five and four Cincinnati Anderson if that happens. If they lose, they probably or they probably drop one spot to number eight. So they will still most likely be hosting their first playoff game. Mm-hmm. But it's not locked in because they're still just green, not that's purple a, on our that's sheet. That's correct. They could fall to number nine if things break wrong in other games. And in 13th place, we'll have Sydney. They are locked into the playoffs as of this week, even though they lost to Riverside Stebbins last week. Probably not a big playoff reaching party in the locker room after the game. Mm. Uh, Sydney is a 32-point underdog to undefeated Xenia this week. Oh, boy. But even with a loss, they will most likely hold on to their number 13 position in the standings. And if they win, they might be down a goalpost. (laughs) (laughs) That does feel likely, especially if the game is at Sydney, which I am too lazy to look up at this time. (laughs) And finally, at number 15, we have Lima Sr., who jumped out to that three-point winning streak to start the season and has not seen victory since. They are a 29-point underdog against 4-5 and five Finley this week, but I looked it up. They should actually rise a spot to number 14 if they lose that game, and I had to figure out why. It turns out two of the three teams that they beat earlier in the year are expected to win this week, and that's better than the teams around them are expecting to see. Huh. Neat. Yeah. Uh, Sydney is a home game, so... The goalposts are coming down, baby. Keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> I have never seen the goalposts come down in an Ohio high school football game. <laughs> it seems highly unlikely, and I think some students might get detention if it happened. Yeah, I'm just picturing the superintendent, the principal, and the athletic director out there just hauling the kids away. <laughs> Moving to Division Three in Region 10. Do you want to take that one, Rebecca? Sure. I am happy to. So Division Three, Region 10, we're looking at one team, number 11, Defiance. For their final game, they're an 18-point underdog against 8-1 Wapakoneta. So that if they lost that, they will probably drop to number 13. I'd um, say so. I would hope so. They're your numbers. The Defiance Bulldogs are not an absolute lock for the playoffs. They're doing pretty good, but it would... Um, it would take several pretty major catastrophes to keep them out of the postseason. But, you know, we always want to win. So if they do manage to pull that upset over Wapak, they would could probably move up to up to number 10. But, yeah, it would take some finagling as well. And unfortunately for Defiance, Wapakoneta is going to be especially motivated. A win there gives them the outright WBL championship. Ooh, they get another another trophy for their shelf. It's hard to fight against. And then we might as well pop on over to Region 11 in Division 3 as well and hit up Bell Fountain sitting at number five. They uh, won their last game. Good for them. But their next one, they face 6-3 and three London, where they're a one-point underdog. So it's, that could be a nail-biter right there. If they do manage a win, which is highly possible, they could get up to the top four. Whereas a loss will drop them down to probably about eight. They'd risk falling out of the top eight and losing that first home game. By the way, these 
point spreads. These how much a team is a favorite or an underdog. I am pulling from Drew Pasteur's Fantastic 50 website. In this game, where it was only one point, I actually went to calpreps.com and to check to see what they thought. It's awfully close. Who knows? <laughs> and they think that Bell Fountain is a one-point underdog also. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So at least their statistics are consistent. In many cases, not all. That is true. Mm-hmm. I'll finish up Division Three here, Region 12. We actually have a couple of changes in our playoff status here. At number three, Tip City Tippecanoe, guaranteed to finish in the top four and get that hosting of their first two playoff games. And that is even before this week's game where they are a 35-point favorite to beat (laughs) 2-7 and Greenville. And I'm projecting they should finish third when they win or if they lose. All right, good for them. At number four, we just mentioned Wapakoneta earlier. They are now assured of hosting their first-round playoff game, thanks to their win last week. Wapakoneta is expected to remain fourth place if they can beat 6-3 and three Defiance, and they are an 18-point favorite to do so. Wapakoneta will drop to fifth place if they lose, or if 8-2 and two Bellbrook pulls off a mild upset over 8-1 and one Valley View. So Wapak's probably going to be in the top four, but if you're a Wapak fan, You're rooting for Valley View this week. Down to number 12, we have Salina. They are a 20-point underdog against their Grand Lake rival, St. Mary's, which should keep Salina as the 12 seed if they lose that game uh, and earn them a playoff trip to either Wapakoneta or Bellbrook. I have no idea which they prefer, although they did just lose to Wapakoneta last week, so maybe Bellbrook. If Salina upsets St. Mary's, the Bulldogs are expected to rise to eighth place and thus get a home playoff game, likely against six and three Monroe, maybe five and four Tecumseh, maybe six and three New Richmond. And I'm not sure why I gave you all that details just on Salina, not everyone else, but hey, enjoy it, Salina fans. Yeah, take your take your lumps where you can get them. That's not the word. <laughs> lumps are bad things. Anyway, <laughs> take your treats where you can get them. Now on the needing a win side of the bubble. We have Vandalia Butler at number 18. They are a 22-point underdog against 6-3 and three Troy. They need that win to finish approximately in 14th place. A loss, and they are out, of course. And we mentioned earlier that Greenville was a big 35-point underdog to Tip City Tippecanoe. Greenville's 23rd right now. A loss, and they are out. If they can pull that major upset, they're probably going to finish 16th. So just sneak in if they can pull that big upset. Ooh, drama. Moving over to Division 4, we'll start with Region 14. Van Wert is currently number 5. They are 8-1, and one, one game back of Wapakoneta in the WBL, by the way, just hoping Wapakoneta loses that game so they can <laughs> get into a first-place tie for the conference championship. They have very few points available this week as they are a 43-point favorite against winless Lima Bath. Now, Mr. Pasteur does go as high as 49 is where he caps it. He doesn't think anyone deserves to be more than a 49-point favorite. So It's hard to do with a running clock. Yeah, that'd be hard to factor in, that's for sure. But as such, Van Wert's expected to drop down to number six, even after they get this win. Currently, number eight is St. Mary's. We mentioned earlier they are a 20-point favorite this week. Mm-hmm. They are expected to remain in eighth place, whether they defeat Salina or lose to Salina. Nice gap between them and the teams around them in the standings. 
Yeah, so Salina's probably hoping they uh, take a nice relaxing week of practice. Yeah, they should say, Mary, just take it easy. Rest up for the playoffs, don't you think? Kick up their feet. <laughs> Stretch out the muscles. From what I know of the St. Mary's Salina game, I'm not expecting that to happen. <laughs> no, probably not. And it looks like while they will be number eight, whether they win or lose, it looks like pretty much no matter what happens, they will be facing Delaware Buckeye Valley in the first round of playoffs next week. That's about the only playoff matchup I can pretty much guarantee both teams in of every of all of them here in the podcast this week. So there you go. St. Mary's gets a sneak peek to next week's episode. Yeah, Salina can hope the whole St. Mary's coaching staff is at the uh, Delaware Buckeye Valley game scouting and doesn't bother to show up at their game. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, moving down a little bit. Wasion, number 10, as we mentioned last week, already in the playoffs. They closed the season as a 12-point favorite over number 15, Brian. A win allows Wasion to finish in a probably 10th place, while a loss would drop them down to 12th. Brian, on the other hand, needs this upset win to definitely reach the playoffs, probably as about a 14 seed, I would guess. Mm. There's about a one-third chance that they sneak in at number 16 if they lose this game. That's not a very good chance, so they really want the win. And at number 16, we have Napoleon, who's been living all season right on that bubble. I don't know if that'd be a fun place to live or not, but that's a... (laughs) No, I would be incredibly anxious the whole time. Sounds about right to me. They are actually a six-point favorite this week over three and six Bowling Green, and they probably need that win if they want to reach the playoffs as a, oh, about a 15 seed. I don't think they'll get in with a loss. And at number 17, we have Ben Logan. For a team on the wrong side of the bubble, they are actually a heavy 30-point favorite because they're playing one and eight Springfield Northwestern. Yeah, that score surprised me. Yeah, but it's actually a pretty important game. The points look like it's just enough to get Ben Logan up to number 16 if they win. Mm. While a loss and they're out. So they're big favorites, but they better not take the game lightly. Moving on then to finish up Division 4, we're going to hit up Region 16. We follow three teams here. We've got Urbana, St. Paris, Graham, and Tip City Bethel. Tip City Bethel has been out of contention for a bit, but Urbana is sitting at number five, and they are a one-point underdog to 7-2 and two North Union. They should finish fifth with a win and probably sixth with a loss. There's not a lot of change going on there. St. Paris Graham, however, is number 10. They're a 25-point favorite against 1-8 and eight Indian Lake. So uh, not too much on the line there. It's pretty likely that they'll win and pretty likely they'll finish 10th. But a loss will um, drop them a couple spots, probably 12th. So again, a pretty stable region. You kind of know where you're going to be. So it is. And finally, we have Division 5. We'll start with Region 18, of course. At number one, Liberty Center, they're going to finish number one. Just lock them in right now. At number two, Coldwater, they are now guaranteed to host their first round playoff game. They are actually 14-point underdogs this week because they are playing undefeated Marion Local. And it might even be a little worse than that. Word has it that the Coldwater quarterback is, will be out for the game. So it might be a little tougher for Coldwater to get the win in this game. Uh, This game is to get the MAC title, so lots on the line. If Coldwater can win, 
This will allow them to stay in the number two spot in the computer points. A loss should probably drop them to fourth place. Though if you look at it, everywhere between number two and number eight are very close, or at least are projected to be at the end of the season. So I'm not guaranteeing them fourth. They could slide up or down a couple positions very easily. At number six, my notes say that Archbold is a 16-pint favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Tell that to your barkeep. If they're having 16 pints, I think they might be an underdog. (laughs) So Archbold is a 19-point favorite over five and four Patrick Henry. And that win would earn them a home playoff game, likely with the sixth seed in the region. A loss should keep them in the top eight, though if things broke really badly, they could fall as low as number 11. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that. But the numbers are close enough that I'm not guaranteeing them that home playoff game if they lose. It's a nasty region, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, this I think when the playoffs actually get going, this is going to be a region to watch. There's going to be some fantastically good games in this region. Moving down a little farther at number nine, Liberty Benton. They have a tough matchup against 8-1 and one Macomb. If they can win as a five-point underdog, that should get Liberty Benton a home playoff game, and a loss probably drops them down to about 10th place in the standings. Are you feeling that's going to be a common experience in this, <laughs> this range of the region? Well, we're starting to get a little lower now, but right now, number 10, Defiance Tenora. Newly playoff-bound with their win last week. Uh, the Rams... I project should finish 10th with their expected 34-point win over 2-7 and seven Hicksville. Uh, if they lose that game, expect them to drop down to about 14th in the standings. Our number 15 team, Delta, if they want a guaranteed spot in the postseason, they need a win over 9-0 and o Liberty Center this week. That sounds tough to me, and when I looked it up, yes, they Liberty Center is favored by 34 points over Delta. It's a good thing that our projection, so Delta should probably hold on to that 15th spot with a loss. We just can't guarantee it. And on the needing a win very badly side, we have Bluffton at number 18. If they want to make the playoffs, they need to pull off an upset against 7-2 and Columbus Grove, where they are a 24-point underdog. And if they do that, I would expect them to finish as the 15th seed. They should at least pass up 16 get to play someone like Coldwater instead of Liberty Center. Well, maybe that's not Yeah, I don't know if uh, either of them are great options for a team at the bottom. Oh, my goodness. I've been hearing a lot of upsets happening here or needing to happen. Needing to happen, yes. I'm not expecting many of them to actually happen, but I noticed three or four that were 30-point upsets that happened last week. So a lot of games go like the computers predict in high school football, but every so often the strange games happen. And that's what keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. And to finish off Division 5, we have Region 20. Milton Union's already been guaranteed a home playoff game for a while. They are number three at the moment. They should finish in the top four, win or lose, against 7-2 and two DeGraff Riverside. It's a lot more likely if they win, of course, because that game's worth a lot of computer points. But believe it or not, they're playing a 7-2 and two team. Milton Union is a 30-point favorite in that game. Wow. The computer doesn't think much of Riverside, apparently. It's up to Riverside to show that computer wrong. Down a little farther at number seven, Jamestown Greenview. Thanks to their win last week, they are guaranteed to finish in the top eight and host their playoff game. 
They are expected to stay in seventh place whether they win or lose this week as they are a 31-point favorite against 4-5 and five, Springfield Greenan. And last, and certainly not least, we have Preble Shawnee. Took a tough loss to Ansonia last week, I believe. Uh, this week, they are a 49-point favorite. Remember when I said that was the most? <laughs> <laughs> they are playing winless New Lebanon Dixie this week, and they should probably fall one spot down to number 10 after the game, win or lose. When you play a, a winless team, you're basically losing already, I guess. We're seeing a lot of pretty high point disparities in between the teams in these games. And I'm wondering mm. if that's a, a factor of people trying to schedule last ditch chances to gain those points or safe games at the end of the season, or if it's just we don't normally look at the point difference estimated for the games and this is standard. I think but there's well, a there's a lot of 30 points, 30, 40 point favorites here. Yeah, I'm just we didn't mention them last week. I did look last week also. There were more closer expected games last week than there are this week for some reason. Huh. Um, most of these are conference games, so it's not a scheduling thing. Although just as an intriguing thing, it's causing problems for me, or maybe not problems, but extra work. <laughs> but, but there is one conference, Northeast Ohio, the Great Lakes Conference. They have two divisions, and the divisions don't play against each other during the season. There's six teams on each side. But for the last game of the season, they have the number one team in the one division play the number one team in the other division, et cetera. Number two versus two, three versus three. So it's kind of a nice thing. It gives you on week 10 of the season an opponent of fairly equal abilities to go against. Does that mean they don't have their schedule set until? Correct. It was not set until last week's games were done. Wow. Okay. It's um, It didn't used to be allowed um, by the Ohio High School Athletic Association. I think COVID helped change that a little bit. Lots of games get rescheduled late now. Mm-hmm. But I think the they gave, I think they gave just this conference the right to try it out. But the rule was as long as the criteria were set at the beginning of the season and, and they don't change, that's legal. You can't suddenly the last week say, I want to, I want this team to play that because it gives them both the best chance to make the playoffs type thing. Gotcha. Interesting. But, yeah, but it is interesting and something we'll keep an eye on. And I believe we're going to wrap it up there. We'll keep this one a little shorter. As I said, we'll have another podcast later this week. My plan is that you'll see it on your subscriptions by noon to midday. Thursday is my plan. We have personal things going on that could change that. We'll clue you in on that in the next podcast. But as of now, we're wrapping it up here. Is there anything? Why don't you put in our standard thing about questions, Rebecca? We received none this week after all. Sure. If you have any questions or comments or observations or criticisms for us, you can send them to bdmonin at nktelco.net as an email, or you can submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to talk back. And again, in another day or two, Division 6, 7, and 8-man football will be coming at you here on Bruce Monin's Computer Points. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>